This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Everybody, part of the great support is playing for a goal. Second to take. The 93rd minute at Old Trafford. Hello and welcome to Homestale Radio's Euro 2012 podcasts, and this being the first one of them. I heard that introduction before, that was quite good. Um, okay, today we have three new presenters for you, um, and before we meet those, I'll just give you a quick rundown of what we're going to do today. Uh, we'll have a, first thing we're going to do is have a quick chat with the new voices. Um, you can hear rustling in the background there. Uh, we'll then have a go through the Euro 2012 groups as a whole um, and talk about you know, the various different connotations of each group, who we see getting through. Uh, we'll then have a focus on the England squad selection itself, the various different injuries and changes that have happened so far and the controversies around the likes of Rio Ferdinand and, and John Terry, obviously. Uh, then we shall um, go into a bit of detail, previewing the England versus France game that is coming up tomorrow as we record this. Um, actually recording this as the second game of Group C gets underway, Ireland versus Croatia. Um, just uh, off the back of the Spain 1, Italy 1 game. Uh, so we'll talk about those results as well. Um, we'll also have a quick chat about what's going on at, uh, at Palace in terms of the transfers just after I've introduced you to our new voices. Um, and let's do that now. Uh, the first one is, uh, is Steve. Steve Brown, isn't it, Steve? <laughs> That's it, yeah. Chris Yay. Hamilton. I, I remembered it. Um, you are known as King Vagabond on Homesdale.net uh, and Twitter, King Vagabond Hole on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> so really, um, do you just sort of, you are Steve Brown. Uh, how old are you and how long have you been a Palace fan? Uh, I'm 25. I've been a Palace fan for coming up 15 years now. Um, and 
Yeah. Like, seriously, why the hell is that? Why why are you a Palace fan? I think what it is is um I started out life um basically as an armchair Man United fan. Um Ooh. went went down to uh to Palace for the um the game against Norwich City where we won five one. Fell in love with the place, fell in love with the crowd. Um, at the time, we were uh, we were managed by Talia Lombardo, obviously a massive name in uh, in international football, and just yeah, just really fell in love with the club. Oh, fantastic stuff! So, I mean, where where were you sort of born and based? Uh, well, I was I was born um, actually originally uh, in um, in Roehampton, um, living in Surrey now, and um, work in Wellington. So, obviously, just a um, a very short drive to the uh, to the game for. Uh, the Tuesday night matches and a very easy drain to the uh, the game as well. Okay, fantastic, mate. And um, well, the the tough question really is what you what are you going to bring to to Homesdale Radio for this coming season? I'm I'm planning to bring a uh, a lot of pride, a lot of passion, um, a lifetime membership to uh, Lathwaite's Wine, and hey, an absolute lack of footballing knowledge. <laughs> well, we need some more of that, I think, and. Um, I think I've just noticed one of the other new presenters who we'll go to shortly called you posh based on where you were brought up. Seemed a bit vicious, really. Um, but I'm hoping what we're hoping is a bit more conflict from you guys and also some some knowledge as well. So it's good to speak to you, Steve, um, and we'll hear a lot more from you fairly shortly. Um, after this introduction, we'll hear a lot less from me, you'll be happy to know. Um, OK, so next up, Mr. Gel Hollyoak. Hi, Gel. How you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm a little bit angry, as you'll know from the... Uh, pre-show chat pretty pretty furious um but i'm all right i've calmed down now the show started all the stress has melted away um so let's tell us a bit about yourself uh you know who the hell are you how old are you and, and how long have you been a palace fan uh well I'll, my name's joe holyoke that's my real name uh 45 living kent um i was born in uh london road thornton Heath, so could only really be a palace fan um, for years, I was a, a plastic scouser from 74, the first game of football I ever watched, um, Liverpool versus Newcastle final, uh, until the boys at school decided that Palace would be the only route for me, and uh, and they have been ever since. And you slightly so, angry about that in any way? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, I get the best of both worlds. I mean, obviously, it, back in the glory days when Liverpool were a force to be reckoned with, mm. I could uh, chirp to everyone, um, especially my Man United mates at school, because yeah. I didn't win a, a championship for 26 years. Um, but anyway, and uh, and then obviously you get the uh, the come down watching Palace. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, weird, weird enough, I had a, a similar. You know, my my supporting of Palace is connected to Liverpool as well, and it was purely that. Uh, it was actually that wonderful day that that semi-final in the FA Cup, the 4-3, and it was, everyone I knew was a, there was a Liverpool fan, I just simply didn't, didn't have a team, I was massively into football, but it had no team, and I just thought, everyone else seems to be a Liverpool fan, for no real reason, so I'm going to support the other team, and little did I know, what, what was in store for me, but, um, you know, obviously you see, you see Palace beat them, and you think, well, that's, that's obviously the norm, I didn't even know we'd lost 9-0 to them earlier in the season. Well, I, I went to that game, I went to both mm. of those games in the week when we lost 9-0, and then went back up there and beat them, and, you know, and uh, and then obviously went to the 4-3, so I've had the best of both worlds, really. And yeah. uh, I was going to say, if, there, if there's anything that sums up being a Palace fan, it's probably those two two results in the same season, it's exactly what we're all about. Completely. 
Fantastic. Okay, well, great to speak to you, Joe, and uh, we'll obviously hear a lot more from you shortly. And finally, we have, well, Alex Penge. Let's just... uh, uh, Let's just call you that. So, this <laughs> is what your name is. Thanks um, very much. <laughs> no worries. Um, obviously, you're a you're an experienced podcaster yourself. Um, yep. So, well, obviously, tell us tell us a bit about yourself. How old you are? How long you've been a Palace fan? And also, tell us a little bit about that podcast you do. Uh, yeah, well, my name's uh, Alessandro Penge or Alex, uh, as you as you called me there. <laughs> I'm uh, 22 years old. Um, I've just uh, graduated from Bournemouth University, and I've been sporting Palace for about eight or nine years now. Uh, I grew up in a sort of family of you know uh, Arsenal and Chelsea fans, and it wasn't really for me to be honest. So I uh, yeah I sort of went to Sellers Park, and then from then on it was, it was all history. You know I've um, I've been a Palace fan ever since, and um, I run a well I'm, I'm part of a another podcast away from this, uh, the Own Goal Podcast, um, which where we discuss about the Premier League and. Uh, sort of European stories as well, and I'm I am their European uh, football correspondent. Um, and you know, I've just got the podcast podcast bug, you could say. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Ever since, ever since I've tried to get involved in a few uh, other you know podcasts, and I've done a bit of student radio in the past. So yeah, I've got a podcast well, bug. Well, bait on 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 that subject, really. It's um. I mean, you, you've indicated there you're sort of something of a European football specialist. And, and on the question of what you're going to bring to whole radio, we're hoping you're going to bring a, a sort of wider knowledge about the football world rather than our little focused on Palace kind of. No, yeah, surely. Yeah, definitely. I bring a sort of a continental edge to the podcast. I'm one for like cult- cultural sensitivity. You know, I'm, I, I'm, you know I'm, I'm very interested in, you know, foreign leagues as well. And, you know, hopefully I'll be able to spot, maybe spot like a rough diamond that we could sort of, you know, maybe feed to parish and hopefully he can sign in for us so yeah. absolutely well, that's, that's a fantastic dream isn't it see what we can do um okay well great to speak to you, uh alex dude is alex right is it you happy yeah, with alex? alex alessandro it's up to you whatever you want whatever you feel mm. confident ian? Don't ian yeah go, go for ian as okay well. ian thanks ian. <laughs> um i think we're getting a little bit of a little, little bit of a noise from your microphone is it hitting your face repeatedly or is that oh, oh, you've gone really quiet you might have to re-plug that in Never mind, eh? Uh, okay, we'll move on while Alex has gone completely... Alex? Ian? So I'm going to call him now. He's gone completely silent. Um, but the first thing we're going to do is we're going to have a nice long chat about what's happening at Sellers Park. By long chat, I mean about a minute. Um, guys, we've made some two signings. Um, they are Joel Ward for £400,000. And there is... Uh, Aaron Martin, who's signed, he's a centre-back who's signed from Southampton for a season-long loan. Uh, obviously, the indications are that we will lose Klein and Gardner, and those are the two replacements. So let's start with you, Steve. Um, on those two signings, what do you think? I think, uh, starting off with Joel Ward, um, he's someone that, if you uh, you watched any of Portsmouth's games last season, uh, he started to, uh, to cement himself in the, uh, the side. He also scored the uh, the winner, sorry, the equaliser in the, uh, the Southampton Pompey Derby, which um, is always a nice thing. I'm hoping he'll do the uh, the same for us against Brighton. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to interrupt you there, and I'm going to get uh, Alex's opinion on um, the signing of Aaron Martin. 
uh, before I move us on nice and quickly. So, uh, what, what's your think, feelings on that, Alex? Well, he was obviously, you know, he formed a good Well, he, at times he played with Fonte last season, and um, you know, he's. I think he's been sent out alone on occasions in the past as well. Um, I, I don't really know much of him to be honest. I haven't seen much mm. of him, but you know, he's a centre back. Someone we need. Um, we all we all expecting Garner to leave to be honest because you know we can't really afford the wages that he dictates. So hopefully he's a success. Mm. And uh, Joel, just finally, do you, you you think happy with the ambition the signing show, or do you think we should be aiming a little higher? Aim higher with what? With what money? I mean, uh, mm. you know, the, the the thing is, we need to we need to bring our youth team um, to the front. Um, if we can get players on freeze, and and uh, I mean, four hundred grand is not a lot of money uh, for Joel, but if if we can. I'm, I'm more of a youth team person, really. Mm. You know, I'd like to see some of our kids. I mean, how many people have come through? How many kids have come through a youth uh, youth team in the last five years? Four, five. You know, if yeah, we've it's... got fifty, sixty there, then we should be, um, you know, we should be trying to encourage some of these players and, mm. and give them the big up that if they if they pull their fingers out, then they've got a chance of playing at Sellers because we haven't got huge money to go be spending. Mm. You know. Um, Thank you, mate. No, that's great. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's probably the right way to view things. Uh, we'll move on from Palace because this is all about Euro 2012. We thought we'd have a little quick nod to uh, to our existence. Someone's mobile phone's going off. This is really, really going well. <laughs> okay, so let's um, let's talk about the groups. Um, Alex done a fair amount of work for us on this one. Um, uh, just before we, we go into that, there's um, something that uh, our erstwhile presenter, Nick Gussett, been doing on homesdale.net uh, came up with an idea to assign teams on a random basis to uh, individuals who, who entered into the game and basically so you've got 16 people uh, they got randomly got assigned a team and their job is to come up with a fact either interesting or what seems to be the case mainly lies um, and as we go <laughs> as, the, as the guys talk about the groups I'm going to ferret away in the background and go and find a few of those and at the end uh, the end of the group discussions i'll bring you a few of those facts for you um so really i'm going to hand over to you uh, alex to start us off and and if you can just take the guys sort of through the through group a um give us give us your thoughts on them and as as, as you go the guys will chip in with questions and, and we'll see where we go <laughs> is alex actually there oh alex this is, he's gone hello 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 oh you? there you are Sorry about that. Oh, I was on the right. still. There we go. So, um, yeah, so uh, Group A is obviously fronted by uh, co-hosts uh, Poland, who are the lowest ranked team in the tournament. Um, and, you know, they, they sort of surprised a few people, I think, on uh, Friday night. Um, what was it? Friday afternoon, I should say. Uh, they've got three players from the title winning side in British Dortmund. Uh, you've got uh, the right back, uh, Lukas Piszczek, who's, you know, very good right back, one of the best right backs in the Bundesliga. Um, you've also got uh, Jacob Wasikowski, who's the right winger, who's you know made a lot of assists this season, and he's been you know very important to to Dortmund's success. And um, Lewandowski, who's the striker that I know that Man United are you know potential well they're suitors, aren't they? And and um, they started off very well. I thought um, the first thirty minutes they were exciting. I think um, especially their wing play with Rib on the left and Blaschkowski on the right um, but um, you know I think the red card did change the game in the first well right at the end of the, at the end of the first half and then it I don't know I think 
the second half came and I think the Poland lost their spark. Uh, they weren't they weren't as exciting as they were in the first half. Um, and I think you know they got a Greece got a lucky penalty. I should say. Well, it wasn't lucky. Uh, well, lucky for him to be in that position. Um, and then he was taken down by uh, Chesney. And um, yeah, and uh, Sal Pagidis came off the bench. He was a very uh, good. At it. Well, he made a big impact, didn't he? You know, uh, obviously winning the penalty and scoring the the, the equaliser. And um, yeah, it's you know pragmatic Greece. You know, they're not coached by Ray Hargreaves, and they're coached by uh, Portuguese Portuguese coach in Santos. Um, and they've got just a solid base in midfield um, with you know you know Caragunis um, and um, yeah I, I think many people were surprised by their performance in the second yeah. half to be honest because they played sorry, Alex, much um, better. I just sorry just just to interrupt you there. I mean obviously that that was the opening game of the tournament as you as you yeah. describe it was it was it was a quite sort of a, a, a tough opening game. And um, Gel, what was what were your thoughts on that? I just thought I was just going to. Uh, comment on the standard of refereeing in that game. I thought it was really shocking. Um, I mean, the first booking for the first sending off one, you know, it wasn't a booking. I can understand the referee wanting to clamp down, but you can the referee can get in the face and start making, you know, waving in, just just being more forceful with the players. But to just to, to you know to end up being sent off was just like the worst red card. So um, I, I just thought it spoiled that, um, and I thought that Poland going forward were. I don't know. They just seem to. They seem to lack the the. I think if they'd have attacked Greece, a full on out and out attacked them, I think they'd have slaughtered them. I think. I think the game would have been beyond them. Um, but you know, when they were down to ten men, I think it would have been beyond them, and that would have been it. Um, it sort of just died a death, really. You know, when you let the Greeks back in, they've got that. They've they've just got that. They hang on to you. You know. Um, but I think if if Poland had really took the took the ball by the arms, I think they'd have I think they'd have done them, um, and and then they really would have had a you know being the lowest ranked team in the tournament, they could have said you know you're you're over in our place now. This mm. we'll show you what we're all about, and and get at them, and they didn't get at them enough, you know. And I've, I've, I'm hoping next time they play, you know, they should be they should be getting out there and, and really trying to. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, mate. No, it's a very, very good point. I know Steve wanted to talk about that penalty. Yeah, and I have to say, I mean, it was um, a case the, uh, the the goalkeeper came flying out, didn't get the ball, and, and tripped over the uh, the Greek player. Um, Karagoumis' penalty was, to be honest, I thought it was actually a very good penalty. I think he placed it. He, he tried to find the right spot. I just think that for a uh, for a keeper to have been uh, subbed on just before the penalty. And to, uh, to to save it um, right at the uh, his far stretch, right in the corner. I think he did incredibly well there. Um, yeah, he's gone from zero to hero, isn't he? That's it. Well, it, it could have been proven a, a hero in that, and actually the turning point uh, of the game. Uh, it didn't happen uh, in the end. It stayed as as one each, and I think it was probably a, a fair result based on the entire game. No, yeah, to- totally agree. I think um, in the second half, I think Greece were much improved, weren't they? Um, they were keeping the ball better. Um, but obviously they were looking for a goal at the same time, um, and I think they did deserve their goal. And Sapangidis, you know, was a good impact substitute. Um, and you know, I think there's a, there's a, there's some signs of encouragement there because may, maybe they should have won the game. Um, they should have, you know, obviously scored the penalty, and then it, they were probably going to go on to win the game. So I think they've got a good chance of um, coming out of this group, especially with the result, you know, with Czech Republic and um, Russia. 
with uh, Czech Republic letting in four uh, four goals. So I think they've got a good chance. I think the uh, the thing to say as well is uh, is when you look at it, Greece had a, a very strong qualifying campaign. They uh, they went through uh, without uh, conceding, or not conceding, but without losing a single game. Um, and to be fair, I think they yeah they they were very strong in the qualifying campaign. It's not not an easy group, but with. Uh, with having Russia in the group already sort of leading the way in terms of goal difference, they've got a good chance as long as they can get something out of uh, out of the next game. No, yeah, I mean, totally, totally agree. I thought Russia's performance was was brilliant, and you know players like you know Shirakov, uh, Zagoev, who scored two you know wonderful goals, and and even Arshavin. You know where's where's he been the past you know eighteen to twenty four months? You know he he was just fantastic, and it just shows. What a different player he is at international level than he is in the Premier League. Yeah, he, he, he looks like he's enjoying his football. I mean, he completely run that game last night. Um, and, and that's what they were saying. He just looked a different player, Arshavin. I mean, he just, every time he got the ball, you, you just knew something was going to happen. And, and, that was, and that was my point about Poland. Russia went out there and they, they absolutely smashed the checks they smashed them and that and see that's the thing when you when you when you attack 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 the, the chances are you take the other team by surprise had poland done that i i'm sure that they would have done greece as as russia did the checks i'm sure i think russia just had too many star players didn't they you know zagoev who scored i think it's about five goals in around 12 games in qualification and he's not even a he's not even a striker he's a, he's a forward player and they've got also you know Arshavin. so they've got a lot of star players compared to greece maybe czech republic i know czech republic had i've got riziki who's he's injured and he i think he got injured just at the wrong time didn't he just right at the end of the season um and yeah i feel think russia are going to top this group and it's just a toss-up between Greece and um, and Poland and maybe Czech Republic. If Czech Republic can sort of you know grab a shock result against against Poland or against Greece, then you never know. They might mm. they might qualify as well. I don't think they're out of it completely. No. Yeah, it's, it's cer- certainly a fascinating group, and and I don't, I, I obviously knew the Russians were were a good side, but I did not expect to to see what I what I saw against Czech, the Czechs really. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you say, some players that we're aware of suddenly producing their sort of their very best form out of nowhere really but it's no very very encouraging and um, what i wanted to sort of take you through very quickly before you guys move on to the next group was uh was nick is representing czechoslovakia nick gusset and his uh czech republic fact number one is in 1997 the last double diamond brewery in the world is cited in <laughs> Nala Lasa closed. it was the country's seventh most popular soft drink so <laughs> there's that um <laughs> that's a proper teacher fact isn't it it is a proper teacher fact and um he did also provide a link to the current check number one single but i haven't <laughs> haven't really had the confidence to click on it yet because you can never really tell what he's going to link you to uh certainly you need a powerful virus killer to any yeah next, uh, any next link <laughs> um but anyway i didn't mean to disturb you too much there but i need to throw these in as we go um <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think that's probably Group A over and done with. So uh, if you take us on to Group B, Alex. Well, yeah, uh, this is the so-called Group of Death, and you know, yesterday proved that it's not necessarily you know a foregone conclusion with Holland and Portugal and Germany sort of stealing the show. I think um, Denmark. I don't think they're the, the weakest side in this group. You know, they are ranked higher than Portugal. Um, they obviously you know top their qualification group above uh, Portugal. Uh, they beat them. I think they beat him twice. I'm not too sure. Don't don't confer, don't, don't go by that. But I think I think they were victorious in two occasions against them. And um, you know, 
I, I hate when people, you know, compare, you know, defence against attack, as in like Chelsea and Barcelona, using that as a sort of analogy. Um, I, I, I think their mark performance, they actually kept the ball very well. And I don't think it was a defensive performance at all. And, you know, with their two quick wingers in Kron Deli and Dennis Romadal. You know, he's still 33 years old and he's still probably as quick as some players half his age. And, um, yeah. Sorry, they, I'm sorry, Alex. Just need to boo Dennis Romadal. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was going to do that. But, to but, to oh, be yeah. honest, he was probably a liability for them, so we should be cheering him. <laughs> That's a good point. He did, he did score in a 1-0, I can remember. That is was it one Newcastle? One of those away. games. Uh, no, no uh, a 1-0 against Palace Charlton, I think. Oh, uh, and we were absolutely dominating the entire game and then suddenly he pops up in the 87th minute. That's it, Steve. England's <laughs> absolutely headline Robberdale, which yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry to derail things. I keep doing that. It's my uh, job, I think. That's <laughs> right. Uh, how ordinary did Van Persel look? I couldn't believe Van all, the chances, <laughs> all the chances that he had. And it, had he, if he had, had an Arsenal shirt on, they'd have smashed him. But as soon as he puts that orange shirt on, he seems to he seems to change. And you know, he wants to touch too much. He wants to touch on the wrong foot. He's, uh, you know, he, he, he just looks like a different player. Mm. No, totally, totally, totally agree. And he had no excuse not to, you know, put those chances away. He had, he's got very, he had very good service yesterday. I think Schneider had a very good game and he had probably a better game than he did in the last World Cup, to be honest. And I think some of those passes he was playing to, into him were just fantastic. And, you know, I think it's difficult with Van Marwick because, you know, he can't exactly drop Van Persie considering the season he's had for Arsenal. But he has got somebody knocking on his door who scored just as much goals as him in the Bundesliga. So, you know, that'd be tough for them. Um, a lot's been said about their pragmatic tactics, you know, the two holding midfielders. I'm thinking that Van Marwick, I think he needs, they need to win the next game if they want to progress in the tournament. And I think he's probably going to take away one of those defensive midfielders. Maybe play Strootman, maybe play uh, Van der Vaart. Um, and it'd be nice to see that, to be honest, because you know we're, we're always we're known we're known we're, we're obviously aware of you know the total football that was pioneered by Mikels in the seventies, and it's not nice seeing a side like this, you know, playing with this amount of pragmatism. I think mm. it'd be much better to see some attacking football with the players that they've got. Yeah. Um, That's fair, Alex. And Steve, did you wanted to chip in on that? Yeah, uh, one thing I, I would say is um, obviously having having watched the game um, again. Yeah, I mean, uh, as you were saying before, it was a little bit Barcelona Chelsea. Uh, it was mostly the Dutch that were that were moving forward, but Denmark aren't any dummies. Um, obviously, they they came in as a as a wild card back in '92, won the competition. Um, they also finished top of their qualifying group um, uh, to qualify for for this year's tournament. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them get through the uh, the qualifying round. Mm. Uh, not the qualifying round, the group stages. Yeah, I think that's, that's a fair comment. But specifically that game, the, the the Dutch versus versus Denmark, is it is it really a shock to see Denmark win that game? No, not at I, all. I, I I don't think so. I don't think so. On the BBC, I think they whoever was commentating on it, they turned around and said that they the night before they were eating and drinking with Dutch fans, and those Dutch fans were basically saying they didn't expect to qualify for the next for the next round. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. I totally agree, and I think I think yeah, considering they are higher ranked than Portugal, they have got some good players in their side. You know, the two central defenders. Um, obviously Daniel Ago who's had a good season for Liverpool and that's saying quite a lot considering you know how how bad some of those players performances have been for Liverpool you know exactly and you've got Simon Kier who you know two years ago was a highly rated defender 
Um, he was one of the best defenders in Serie A, actually, with Palermo. And then he earned a big money move to Wolfsburg, disappointed there. Um, and he's disappointed once again this season. And that was a huge surprise. What I actually thought it was a massive surprise seeing him, uh, you know, in a, in a form, who's form, well, seeing him form a great partnership with Daniel Aguilar. And I thought he was solid yesterday. He was a, he was a rock. I think one of the, uh, the the interesting things on the uh, on the Dutch as well is you've got to remember that we played them, uh, you know, just just a month or two before the uh, the competition started, and uh, we had a very young and inexperienced side, and uh, Holland only just beat us, which is something that you know from the, uh, the, the the finalists of the World Cup you'd expect them to have been a lot more dominant than than that game. I, I can see that. I, I mean, the other the other thing as well is the Dutch seem to me to come across as almost a team of, of individuals. They're, yeah. they're fantastic. When you've got Robin, who's, he's brilliant, but he doesn't seem to have like a like an end product. I mean, Van Persie, he was, all season, he's been absolutely fantastic. Stick him in a Dutch shirt, he's got no end products. Mm. I just, they just seem to be, they, I don't know, they, they're not cohesive enough. They're not like mm. the Germans. They're not like the Spanish. They're not like, they're not like, don't seem to be playing as a team. And that's what you need to do. And they, they seem to be lacking in that. that. No, I, t- I totally, totally agree with you there, Joe. Um, I think, you know, one of the biggest critics has been Johan Cruyff, who said, you know, Two holding midfielders is not good enough. It's not good for this system. It slows the play down too much. And I think he's spot on there, you know. I think they need to get their, uh, you know, the balls out to their attacking players as soon as possible. But players like Robin, you know, yesterday were, I thought it was dreadful yesterday. The amount of chance he's had cutting in on his left foot. I think maybe, you know, even this season for Bayern Munich, he's been been disappointing. I think Ribery's had a good season. But Robin, you know, especially, I think... You know, Robin, it's just been, every time he cut it in on his left foot yesterday, he just looped the ball over the bar. And I think maybe they should slip Robin on the left-hand side, play him as a, as a winger, and then you could feed in Van Persie or Huntelaar. And, you know, that, and that, that's sort of similar. Oh, uh, Croatia have just scored against Ireland. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the... <laughs> Uh, the Ireland, there's much more to it than this. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry about that. But, but yeah, I think playing Robin on the left would sort of suit Van Persie a lot more, and it sort of plays similar to how Arsenal play. You know, Arsenal have got two wingers aside. Uh, you know, two wingers on his on his side. You know, you've got you got uh, Volcott on the right, and then you've got I don't know either Alexei yeah, Chamberlain or. Uh, Jovino or somebody on the left who play balls into Van Persie and he scores a lot of goals from it and I think you need to feed your players strengths and they weren't doing that yesterday Well guys we've had a lot of uh, focus on on the Dutch really there and and understandably so I mean yet again they're they're highly rated in the tournament and yet again they seem to be bottling it on the big stage and I I think I think you've probably touched on on the reasons why that is a lot of individual talent but but not really a cohesive team unit but um obviously the the last little bit in this group we need to chat about is is the portuguese uh, and the germans i mean quickly sort of you know a, a 30 second chat really i mean i mean topic really is portugal lost a game you know where that they were probably the more adventurous of the of the two teams, but the Germans were a very very efficient side yet again. So really, if um if well, I'll start with with you, Joe. I mean, what do you think uh, of the Germans in this tournament? Uh, well, again, just just usual German efficiency, really. The only thing I'd say about yesterday's game is that when you've got someone like Ronaldo, you've got to give him the ball. He was ignored so much by his own by his teammates. You you've got potentially one of the best players and like in the world. 
And yeah. what, when they went one 0 down, as soon as he got the ball, he was he was he started shooting. I mean, the goalkeepers can't hold on to those shots. You know, it, the way that he hits it, 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 the ball swerves everywhere. I'm just I'm just amazed that they they don't they don't feed their best player. You know, he is the archetype or give the, the kid in the playground, give him the ball, it won't pass. Mm. But he got seventy odd goals this season. Why pass when he yeah. you know when he scores for fun? Um, I just Ooh. but again, German efficiency, they'll be there. They're about semi-finals, yeah. so they play us. And uh, mm. if I can get your your opinion on this, um, Steve, before before Alex takes us through the next group, um, in terms of of Cristiano Ronaldo, he isn't. Is it fair to label label him in a similar fashion as, as to the Dutch, really, and say that he's never produced it on on you know on the very very highest stage internationally? I think the uh, the, the problem is now um, you, you've got to the stage with with the game that is international competition the highest stage of them all. Uh, he's performed consistently when he was at Man United uh, in his second season. He's performed consistently for um, for Real Madrid as well. Uh, I think he's he's a player that we'll probably will see more of in this tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if Portugal go out and get a result um, in the rest of their their group games. Um, I think that they're a team that if they uh, if they realise that they've got a great player in Cristiano Ronaldo, but also make sure that they include you know, some of their, their other good players, then mm. uh, then they might go further. No, I totally, totally agree with that point, uh, uh, Steve. Um, with the, you know, try and take take advantage of their best players, I think when Varela came on, I think Nani moved more centrally and they looked a bit more threatening. So I think maybe Benzo might take that into consideration for the next game and maybe my, 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 might change the system slightly. And, and, and I think obviously they need to exploit Ronaldo. But uh, moving on to the next group, um, obviously we watched a game today, was it Spain against... Uh, well, I watched the game Spain against Italy. Uh, what did you guys think of that of that um, game? For me, uh, <laughs> uh, brilliant! You've managed to speak at the same time. Uh, just go on. Who, who's going to go first? Joe, Steve, 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 Steve. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically, uh, having watched the game as well, um, again, it, to me, it didn't look like Spain were uh, were World Cup champions uh, today. They they did well after the Italians scored. It woke them up. They, uh, they then performed better. But for the first 60 minutes, um, it was the Italians that dominated and the Italians that played a lot more dominating football. I think Alex is probably going to disagree with me there uh, with, with his roots, but we shall see. Well, I thought, I thought the Italians played some good football, but obviously Spain weren't at their best today. Um, but let's not forget that the Italians had the second highest stats in terms of possession in the qualifying. So this is not exactly a surprise at all. And Prandelli's known to be less pragmatic than, you know, past Italian managers. And he's got the players to do that. You know, De Rossi, Pirlo, players that are good, good passers of the ball, good at keeping the ball. And I think today... I thought the Italian performance was fantastic, to be honest. All right, there's one little plot over the performance was the, the goal they let in, which is poor defending. But, you know, apart from that, I think, you know, they, they played very well and it shows that Spain can be beaten at their at their sort of, you know, their four, you know what they're good at. They're good at, they can be out past themselves. And I, I think uh, it's encouraging for other sides. Yeah, but the Italians, the Italians have, have have been a passing team for for fifty years. I mean, they, they will always. Oh no, pass definitely. It. But, so, so, right? but, but the thing ball. is, exactly. But the thing is, you need you need end products, and now they've got end products. I mean, they yeah. haven't had they haven't had any a, a, a massive goal scorer since probably going back to to like a consistent goal scorer since Rossi, I would say. Um, now they've now they're scoring goals of fun. Um, you know, I mean, I just think it was this was a bit a bit of a feel game. This we, we go out there, see what they're doing. If they attack us, 
we'll sit back. Typical Italians trying, you know, it's it's a it's a it's typical Italian performance. I thought I, I just everyone defended well. Yeah, like everything, everybody defended well. I don't think it was a typical Italian performance, though. I think um, <laughs> I don't I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I think it was a, it was a it was a different Italian performance. I don't think I've Doggy. ever seen. A, Doggy. I don't think it was dogged. I thought there were some great passes in the game. I thought Italy kept the ball very well. Um, I think it wasn't until probably about the 80th minute until then you saw the typical Italian performance, you know, defending, trying to save the, you know, defending for their own lives. And I thought um, some players, especially the wing, when you've ever seen an Italian side with uh, two attacking wing backs in, you know, Giaccarini and Maggio. Maggio, especially in the Champions League, I think, I think a lot of us saw it, especially against Man City and against Chelsea. He was very threatening for Napoli on that right in that, right wing back position and um yeah i think well, um i think i don't think spain you know if if there's some results some funny results in that group you never know if ireland maybe pick up a result against italy then i don't know they might qualify and maybe spain if oh, if ireland get pick up a result against spain then maybe maybe the irish might uh, qualify at the spanish expense i don't really there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know, so we have to see. I mean, well, the, other, the, only other, the, only, the only thing I will say is if, uh, if Torres had been on his game, I mean, they, they would have won Spain. I mean, the way that he, he carved them open um, near the ends... Uh, I mean, there was some fantastic movement. I think if he'd have been on the pitch a little bit longer, um, he, he did the lob over the top, but just one over. That was yeah. a fantastic move. I just seemed to oh, get yeah. caught a little bit square. But Sorry, Steve, you wanted to chip in there, didn't you? Yeah, well, I mean, just uh, I guess a little bit more from a, um, a top-down view. Um, obviously, in this group, you've got the, uh, the Italians and Spanish, who I'd guess that most people would see them as the, uh, the favourites to go through. Um, however, one thing I would say is it's one where I think five points would certainly take you through. Um, probably four points would take you through. And with, uh, with the fact that Croatia, as we said before, are winning against the Irish at the moment, then it could really be uh, Croatia's group just as easy as it could be Italy's or Spain's. Mm. No, totally, totally agree. Um, well, listen, we, we're going to obviously kind of come back to this over the, the, the series of podcasts as we go. So you don't have to get everything out of your system now. Um, but, but very interesting ideas, guys. And obviously what the, the current status in the Ireland-Croatia game is is 1-0 Croatia, is it not? Yeah, Mandzukic. I put a quid on him, actually, for a top goal score at 80-1. So <laughs> Outrageous. Outrageous, but he's scored a goal. He might score another. Mm, excellent stuff. Um, I'll just, before we move on, I'm going to take you through a couple of the, the facts from teams that we'd missed. Um, we had a Danish fact from uh, Ambrose Seven, who's who's got Denmark, and he says uh, Denmark is officially the safest country in the world. In fact, there are 443 <laughs> islands in Denmark, which 76 are inhabited. 
Uh, and then it, this is fascinating stuff, so I'm going to keep going. In 2006, the government demanded a search was conducted of each before Nicholas Bentner was, regret- was regrettably proclaimed the man most likely to threaten an opposition defence. He says ever since August the 16th, the date of his deb- debut, has been declared a national holiday under the title of We Once Invaded England, believe it or not, and we only need paddles. Um, he seems a fan of, uh, of Bentner there. <laughs> Portuguese fact number one from Ben the Eagle is to receive a lawful divorce in Portugal... A woman is required to fill out the proper paperwork and show sufficient evidence that her husband has hit her with an object wider than a frying pan. <laughs> I'm not sure that's true. Um, uh, and one last little thing. Let's, let's get ours Germany fact number one. German cars are renowned throughout the world. Brands such as Volkswagen, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Opel, Audi and BMW are synonymous with high quality and innovation enhance the image of Germany as a travel destination. That's a it's a very creepy fact, that one. I don't. I, it just seems like he works for the German car industry. <laughs> yeah, it's um, sucking up. Guys, but we're, we've obviously got one more group to go, but we're going to merge that into the sort of next topic of discussion, which is which is the England squad as well. So obviously, uh, the the England group being England, Ukraine, Sweden, France, and England versus France being England's first game there, really. Mm. Um, so, Alex, if I, ha- if I hand over to you, just a, a yeah. very quick rundown of... of uh, of your thoughts on the, the teams there and so then guys so, so quickly go through the other teams like the England and France yeah teams. absolutely yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, and, sure. then, and then, then we'll get straight on to England alright sure yeah well uh, obviously there's Ukraine and Sweden the other two teams in Group D um, you know Ukraine have had their sort of off the pitch problems uh, they've had two managerial changes um, and they've also had some player problems with the Shakhtar and Dinamo rivalry um, and they've had injury problems so I don't see Ukraine getting anywhere in that group, to be honest. But they have got home advantage, so you know what that's, that's done in the past with you know South Korea and obviously Denmark and Scandinavia. I think maybe that was a big factor in the, in the, in their performance nine ninety two, um, and obviously you know France in the nineteen ninety eight World World Cup. So you know you can't really rule them out. Um, and obviously you've got Sweden, uh, who qualified well. Uh, they beat Dutch. Uh, they beat they beat the Dutch three two. Uh, in their last game of qualification, and and they've got a new manager, uh, Hamren, who's got more expansive style of play. Um, obviously, they'll be relying on you know their best player in Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who plays in a sort of deeper role for Sweden, plays in like a number ten role. Um, and they've got obviously some good young players in uh, Elm and Toivonen, who you know are very highly rated players that played in the uh, under twenty one, I think it was the under twenty one tournament a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. where you have you know all those dead bodies in the England. Uh, Holland uh, penalty shootout. I don't know if you guys remember that. Was it? Was it? Was it Stephen Taylor and he, he was having problems walking to the penalty stop spot and he was forced to take a penalty. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That was oh, the same. Do you remember that? I think that was the, one of the most hilarious penalty shootouts I've ever seen. But <laughs> yeah, um, the, the they did very well in that tournament and they'll be relying on those players to sort of get them through the group. Yeah, absolutely. I've just got a very, very quick thing I'm going to get to before I let you get onto the, the business of talking about England. Uh, which is which is really where this mostly this podcast is going to focus on. Uh, the first thing I wanted to say is is for those of you listening who've um, who've donated to the cost of, of Homestay Radio, which has been been a fair few of you, and it's been very very nice. Um, thank you so much. First of all, um, if you're if you're not too sure what we're talking about, if you visit wholeradio.net forward slash donate, you'll you'll see what we're talking about. Basically. Um, we have a certain amount of money we have to raise. Well, we have to spend to keep the show running. Um, and this year we decided to open it out for donations and we've been struck by the generosity of other people um, and also if you're registered on the Sun Dream Team for Euro 2012 um, 
you can enter into our league. If you head to wholeradio.net forward slash fantasy, you will, uh, you'll see the details there. And basically, it's £5 to enter. Um, goes to our um, Whole Radio PayPal account. And the winner takes all. I think we're around 80 to 90 quid, something like that at the moment for the winner, which I don't think is going to be Mikey because he's on minus <laughs> three points after the first <laughs> round of games. Um, so, so, and uh, he's just said something in my ear that was very nice as well there. Thank you, Mikey. It's very nice of you to talk to me like that. Um, it was, it was, so, it, yeah. Sorry, Joe, you wanted to... No, I was just saying it was good of you to, to take the, um, the forward slash... Uh, 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 Caribbean trip off the end of the whole donation <laughs> address. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only reason you got so much money. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sorry for that brief interlude there, but I thought it's it's worth mentioning. Um, you know, Tony, Tony, who wins all of our competitions, one hundred and twenty quid out of the uh, championship one. So um, we do pay out eventually. So guys, if you want to take us through England squad, really, Alex, do you first? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, there's obviously been some controversies over there with the John Terry's alleged uh, racism charge. Well, you know, his alleged racism, sorry, not the alleged racism charge. He's, he's been charged with racism, obviously, with, <laughs> with uh, Anton Ferdinand. And obviously the exclusion of Rio Ferdinand, which is uh, a big, big talking point, I guess. It's a talking point if you're a Man United fan. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that, that's the thing. If, if, you, if you're anyone else, you just go, well, he's old, he's slow. He can't tackle. When was yeah. the last time he was a threat at a corner? Do you know what I mean? He's, no, I, don't, totally I don't think he is. I don't think, I don't think Ferdinand is England material anymore. He was. He isn't now. Um, and the other thing as well is if someone has a screamer from five yards or he's going to smash the life out of you five yards in front of you, who's going to stick his face in there? He, he's not, is he? Terry will. That's the thing. No matter what, no matter what he is or what he's alleged to be, um, and I'm sure if he does get found guilty, he'll be out on his ear, and, and that'll be the end of it. Um, but, you know, he's, he, Terry will put his face, he'll put his body on the line. I can't see Rio doing it, because he ain't fast enough. Uh, uh, do, do you think, do you think, um, sorry, sorry, uh, Steve, um, I, don't, I, don't, I think maybe fitness might be a factor in his decision. I know maybe he could have brought him onto the sort of, sort of the periphery of the, of the first team, maybe put him in the bench or probably, you know, um, you know, well, well, not in the first team, but I feel like 20, what is it, six games in 21 days he could play, potentially. Yeah, but why? But why? Why put him on there when we've got an absolute, we've we've got more centre-backs, more good centre-backs in England now, more young fellas that are, that are playing for good sides now. No, totally than, we've agree, had, yeah. than we've had now for 20 years, right? Give them a chance. Rio, he's, he's won a European Cup. He's done this, he's done it. Listen, it, we're not going to win the World Cup with him. Right? We're probably not going to win this with him. Give the kids a chance. That's all we've been turning around and saying is yeah. play the kids. We've got the kids, play them. He's had his time. I think what, uh, what I'd say there is when you've actually uh, you, you've looked at it, uh, initially, the fact that Rio was dropped, um, he'd played pretty consistently under Capello when he wasn't injured. Um, to be honest, I, I don't think he's, he's quite as poor as, uh, as, as you guys have, uh, have labelled him there, actually. I think that he's, uh, he's performed well for England. He performed the captaincy well before he got himself injured. Um, okay, admittedly, there was, uh, you know, he's, he's had his own baggage back in the day, things like uh, missing drug tests, for instance. Um, but at the same time, I think he's actually been a very accomplished player for England. Um, I guess what you can say is that um, in terms of footballing reasons... Um, you think that it's it's possibly is the case based on the fact that Hodgson ignored him when uh, when both Barry and um, and who was the other one, guys? Help me out here. Barry and who was the other one that got injured? Uh, Lampard. Lamp. 
Lampard, yep. Both of them uh, got themselves injured and uh, and then actually he's not picked Rio in either spot. He's had Martin, uh, sorry, he's had Kelly uh, come in and he's also had um, someone else come in as well. I've, I've managed to somehow lose my notes, so sorry about that. But, but I'm not saying he was never... I'm not saying he was never good. I mean, he was a fantastic player. Listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not just, mm. I'm not Rio bashing. What I'm saying is he was a really, really good player. Yeah. He isn't as good as what he was. And we've yeah. got players now coming to the front. We've got to give them a chance. This is what, this is what we try. Everyone's screaming about it. We've got, a, we've got the European Championships. Stick them in. If they turn out to be crap, you bin them. Then we go, all right, well, so we go back yeah. to the old god. I totally agree with you, Joe. I totally agree with you. We can't go backwards. We can't go backwards. We've got to go forwards. And go I totally forwards. agree with you there. Like, the sorry, sorry, Joe. I'm like, I'm not, well not disputing that he's like, he's a, he was he was a great player back in the day. But this season, I think um, Evans and Smalling uh, have formed a very good partnership. And Ferdinand at times has struggled to break that partnership. And, you know, I think the Ferdinand of old would have just just walked into the side you know he'd he'd obviously have his pace to sort of help him out in situations but this season I think he's been very he's been he's been I think inconsistent I think at times especially in some some domestic games and a few uh, European games as well I think he's just been not the Ferdinand of old and not the one of the best centre-backs you know in the world that he was you know back in the day so what, what um, we'll break in there for, uh, for Alex is the fact that we're saying that he's not the Ferdinand of old. He's struggled to break the partnership between Smalling and Evans. One thing that should be uh, made clear is actually he's played more games this season than he has done for seven years. So yeah, it's yeah, no, definitely. true to say that he's um, he doesn't have it anymore or he can't take it anymore. One thing I will say is I can understand people saying that he might struggle um, over playing so many games in such a small amount of time. Um, but he has done it for Man United even this season. Even though he, uh, he he has been injured for, times, for part of it, at times I used to say this season, but um, he I, I think he's only featured in two competitive games in the past two or three years. I don't know, I think I heard that today, which is which sort of indicates that he's not been an important player for England in the past two see two years, and maybe it's because of injuries, maybe because of uh, other players that have been playing better than him. Um, so I don't think it's a massive surprise to be honest. I don't. I mean, the thing is, do you see him? This, this, this is my thing, right? When you got a sense, when you got big centre backs, do you see him as a threat from set, from set pieces? Do you see him getting up there and smashing their cent, their centre back, headbutting him to try and get the ball? You don't see him doing that. But I'll tell you what, no matter what you say about Terry, Terry will if he can't get the ball, it will get their defender. And we, with this, what the English game is all about. We're rough and tough. Everyone knows what we are. We're not pre. We're not a massively brilliant passing side. We get up and at them. And he's not he's not fast enough, and he's not physical enough to do that anymore. That's my that's my only point about him. And at the moment. John Terry is. So, so you'd have Terry, would you? Would you so you, you're for the selection of Terry in the squad. Purely, purely on a football, just just yeah. a football from a football point of view. Terry is a better. He's a leader of men. Yeah. He is. He is a. He's a passionate. I'm not saying Rio's not passionate, but but the thing is, he he just gets out of you. You know that with an England shirt on, with a Chelsea shirt on, you get. You know what you get. And the thing is, I, you know. I, He's not finished yet. I think Rio's finished and Terry isn't. Not yet. One no. thing I will say is you've got to have questions about Terry's temperament. You're saying that, you know, in a Chelsea shirt, then he's, he's a great leader of men. But then you've also got the problem that actually he uh, he did turn around in the Barcelona semi-final. Once. Himself sent off. 
for his, uh, his team for a moment of madness. And it meant that they were going into the uh, the squad without their, their first pick defender. I, I completely agree, but it's once this season, right at the very end of the season, he did it in, a, in a, probably the most important game of his life. And he paid for it. He didn't play in the final. And that's a fiasco, him going up and putting his kit on and getting the cup. But, but that's, a, that's a different thing. But, the, you know, he just, he just, he's more, I feel more comfortable with him in the centre of that defence and, and I think as well he will because of because of who he is his presence I think if he plays alongside Jackie Elgar or he plays along you know any any of the Man City um, who's the young fella from Man City Lescott yeah Lescott if he plays against plays alongside uh, Jolian Lescott I think he'll just he'll show him that this is what we, this is what we want this is exactly what we want and, and it will only help that, that these kids come through you know um I just think he but brings Can I just so check? There seemed to be some uh, music to accompany your opinion there, Joe. I'm not sure where <laughs> that came from. But, uh, not for me, so John. Particularly entertaining. I did enjoy it. Um, no, listen, let's, I mean, obviously, we, you know, there's a lot to talk about with England, and I've listened uh, with, with interest while I wasn't. I was eating my dinner for some of that, admittedly. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> what, I, what I wanted to say Have a lettuce is, um, sandwich. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> what I wanted to say, really, is uh, is is although I can kind of see both sides of this argument, I'm one of those people who, who thinks Roy Hodgson's just talking bullshit. Um, I, I really do. I, I, this whole footballing reasons, and now it's like, oh, I can't pick him just to be cover. He's not a cover kind of player. It's all a load of crap. Let's see if I is it? all over. Yeah, yeah, Joe. But the simple truth is that Rio Fernand will not be picked because he can't play with John Terry. Everyone knows that. It's, it's true, and it's... I don't think, and I know what you're saying about Terry as a player, but I don't think a man who is, you know, innocent and proven, proven guilty and all that. I don't think a man in his current circumstances should have been picked. That's just my opinion, uh, and I can see why it varies quite okay, so much. Okay, I've got an opinion for you. Do you think that Terry and Ferdinand, if it, 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 take the racism thing out of it, do you think that they would be a decent parent at the back? Um, again, that's a very, very good point, and I think I we think could, they could um, smash, wouldn't they? There was no, it, no pace. It's such a shame that Cahill got injured because Cahill would have been mm. the first name of team sheet, I think, at, at centre back, and um, I think it was just between Terry, Lescott, and um, who else was the other centre back who got injured? Was there another centre back who got injured? Uh, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think Cahill would have been the first name of team sheet at centre back. I thought. Especially since 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 Dimitar's been in charge, I think Kale has had a really good, really good couple of months um, with him. So yeah, he has. He's looked when he first joined Chelsea, he didn't look the player that, that they thought they'd signed, but he certainly looked very, very good since Dimitar took over. Yeah, um, listen, I, I don't know. I still, I think, I think there's a, it's an interesting argument that keeps going on and on and on. And I don't think you live. But I, the problem I have with it is that the truth's not being told. I think people should just be as blunt as humanly possible about it. I think, Joe, you're right to point out, of course. That, that maybe Ferdinand isn't good enough. Personally, I don't believe Terry's form has been good enough either. You can talk all you like about what he what he brings in terms of attitude and blah 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 blah. A lot of players think he's a prick, and, <laughs> and frankly, a lot of people, a lot of people frankly, think he's been it. shit for months. And then what he does in the Champions League semi final shows you what a cock he really is. But That's, what he did in the quarter final though was was brilliant. He was he was fantastic in the quarter final. Well, in one one leg to be fair though, so it wasn't yeah, it wasn't so, both legs. I think, I think there's enough there's enough to say that. The, the, the kind of harmony that he's going to bring outweighs anything he brings on the pitch, in my opinion. But that, that's what England do. We pick we pick players based on the media, and that's how it works. Well, but, well, the other, Steve, the other Steve you wanted to jump. Well, sorry, Joe. Steve wanted to jump in quickly, and I then and I, I think off. one of the, uh, the the key things to remember as well is one thing that we have all been saying is 
the European Championships are a chance to, um, because no one's got any high expectations for us, are a chance to, to try out new things, new players. Yes, he's uh, John Terry may be good enough in footballing terms for this championship, but is he going to be good enough to feature in the World Cup two years' time? Exactly. And in my opinion, it's no. I don't, I don't think it's about good. Yeah, he probably just would be just too old for the World Cup in two yeah. years' time. And and I guess this is a, a good way to bring players through and sort of give them a chance in a major tournament. And I'd say the other thing, Al, is if it all goes bandy for him in July when this court case comes up for him, he won't be an England player anyway. So it doesn't no, matter. Yeah. He won't, he won't, he won't he be won't, a footballer anymore. Exactly. <laughs> no, right. That's exactly right. Because Chelsea can't be associated with him. I've said this all along. So if if he does get guilty, then he's gone. To, it takes takes it out completely. Then okay. both of them are gone, haven't they? So. So what do you guys think about? Okay, let's should, should like should we move it on? Maybe like what about? Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, Alex. I, I, we need to really start to talk talk about the the England France game. Oh right? yeah, yeah. We should. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a game. There's, there's some sort of a match, I think. Now listen, there's, there's obviously where we start talking about who's going to be selected. You're going to get these these other arguments cropping up. We're going to talk Jordan Henderson, Stuart Downing. Oh. Talk about all these sorts of things. All right, Gerald, just calm, just calm, breathe. I know I said Stuart, Stuart Downing. Just you'll be all right. Um, so listen, f- first things first. Let's talk about the the England lineup. So. Yeah. Guys, off you go. Again, we'll, we'll start with you, Alex. That's that's how we've been we're uh, jumping off. Um, and obviously, um, we take us through goalkeepers. Pretty obvious. I think everyone, yeah. Joe Hart, no different opinions there, I doubt. But um, so let's go to the defence. Yeah. So you've obviously got Ashley Cole there. He's going to be the first name on the team sheet. Um, and then you've got. I'm presuming that Terry will start with Lescott. But one problem there is they're both left-footed players. So you know, when Terry moved to the right, obviously he had an absolute nightmare against Germany in the uh, in the World Cup. Um, and then I'm expecting, obviously, um, Johnson to be at right back. Um, I'm thinking that because this four-four-two formation is, you know, very uh, English uh, or English formation. I could see, I could see Milner playing on the right, and I could see Downing playing on the left to sort of give the side balance. Which I, in the in defence of Stuart Downing, I think it's a good move. I think that playing with a player who cuts in on his right foot won't suit the system, and I think you need a left-footed player on the left-hand side. Um, and you know, obviously, with the two centre midfielders, you've got Gerrard and Parker, and then up top, you've got Ashley Young and Welbeck. And uh, it looks like Welbeck's going to start. Um, but yeah, in defence of Stuart Downing, I think to get the crosses into to Welbeck. And uh, Young, I think you need two natural-footed uh, wingers. Right, OK. D- Stuart Downing, don't cross the ball. No, he so, does. Uh, well, he, he, I, I think he does. I just think he struggled like every other Liverpool player this season. Well, he, no, this, this is the thing. Being a plastic scouser that I am, and I do watch him quite a lot, I'm telling you now, he doesn't. He cuts in on his left foot and he doesn't. All he tries yeah, but- to do is shoot. But that's not his fault, though, is it? Because he's been well, put is, on the right hand side. But he's been put on the right hand side, though, Joe. If he was put on, the, if he was put on the left hand side, he'll find it easier to cross the ball into the big man up top, which was Carroll, wasn't it? But because he's playing on the right hand side, he's having to cut in on his left foot, and they're not going to the striker. Uh, they're not falling into the striker's path, and I think you know he's he struggled. He struggled on the right hand side, and I think on the left hand side, le- natural left footed player, I think he's gonna get more crosses in, and he'll do a lot better. I, I understand that, but if if you if you cut in, cut in if you go down the right hand side, cutting on your left, you have one, two touches, set yourself, cross it, 
and then you let and, you, and then you let Carroll smash the fault of the, the defenders up. But he's not done that consistently all season. He's been absolutely toilet. And they see what this is how bad he's been this season. They gave him a chance to score his one and only goal from a penalty in the last game of the season, <laughs> and he missed it. He's a mug. He's rubbish. I see it's the worst hundred grand a week Liverpool have ever spent. And and the thing is, what he's done as a winger and for someone who's supposed to have come in as first choice is he's made Carroll look bad. Because when you cross the ball, you can see what Carroll can do. One thing I Carroll look bad, Steve. Well, one thing I'd like to say there is, um, uh, having watched Downing sort of consistently since his uh, his Middlesbrough days, I don't think he's actually performed consistently for any team he's played in. Well, he played well. He did all right for Villa. He had to move to Liverpool out of it. I don't think he played badly for them. To, to be honest, again, he uh, how many assists did he get? How many goals did he get when he was at Villa? Oh, I'm sure he got he got a lot more than he got at Liverpool, and that earned him a move, didn't it? Well, that's the thing—a massive money move for yeah, a, well, he's a he's winger. English. Yeah, but he's, he's, yeah, but he's a winger. Yeah, I know, but he's a winger. He's a winger. He's supposed to cross yeah. the ball. He doesn't, what, he doesn't cross he? the ball. Yeah, what what he is is he's a dying sort of dying breed of a left footed winger that you're probably not going to see uh, for the next sort of five to ten years. Uh, so he's sort of out. The reason why he's dying out is the fact that he's not been able to consistently cross the ball in onto a, 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 a striker's head. So, so what's the alternative then in this system? Because I think Adam Johnson, in the latter half of the season, he sort of struggled to get in the Man City team, hasn't he? Uh, and understandably so, because you know they are the best, probably the best side in England, and probably one of the best sides in Europe. So I'll tell you what, Walcott, Walcott will have more in, in product. I'll be telling because he's a player that can actually whip the ball across. He can play on the left hand side. He's done it before. He did it at Newcastle for a while. And actually, I think he's the sort of person that can get a ball across there. I think he's the only one that at the moment actually has been doing that consistently when what, he has what, been playing. What about Milner for uh, Walcott? Do you guys agree on that? It's certainly um, an option. Um, to be honest, I'd, I'd prefer to see Walcott further up the pitch. I prefer to see him as a striker because actually when he has got the ball to his feet, he can actually move it around quite well. Um, unfortunately, or move past defenders quite well with it. I'd prefer to see Walcott further up the pitch, to be honest. But it wouldn't okay. suit the Hodgson system, would it? That's the thing. You've got to think, like Hodgson, Hodgson's going to be very defensive in his approach because he's going to want two solid back fours. Uh, uh, sorry, two solid banks of four. And having Milner, who, you know, is, who likes to get back and help the side out and... And he can cross the ball like Downing. I think it wouldn't suit the system having Walcott and you know Oxley Chamberlain inside. I don't think it would suit the system. Maybe Oxley Chamberlain in sort of the free role, but I just think oh, players yeah. like oh, that's, that's Ruben. Down. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, sorry, guys. I, the, the the sort of concept of Downing. It, it, to be honest, this is an age-old debate, and I'm sure. I mean, Joe, you're older than I am, but you, you can kind of yeah sort of point it out. Joe's older than I am. It feels good, <laughs> but um. But the kind of the left, the left-footed left winger kind of area for for England has been a problem for years and years yeah. and years. Never been solved. I can remember Andy Sinton playing out there and Stuart Ripley having to go out there and people yeah. like that. It's Skulls, yeah, Paul Skulls played out there. You're taking a Wasted player who's talent. just sheer quality and then just sticking him on the left wing. Uh, the only person who sort of had a really consistent run out there yeah. that did well was Joe Cole. I, I felt for a period of time, but. Even that went went sour. Sorry, Steve, you're saying something there? Unfortunately, Cole got injured just at the wrong time. He'd actually been probably one of the most improved players when he played in the uh, European Championships at that that, that summer spell. And unfortunately, he he got injured, fell out of favour with Chelsea, and he was gone. Um, For me, if you're looking at left-sided players, the one that I thought was a real shame, didn't have more of a crack in the uh, the side, was was McManaman. So actually, oh, we could have oh, yeah. solved it all in the first place if Graham Taylor hadn't said goodbye to uh, to Giggs. 
Matt Manaman had a really good tournament, didn't he? Euro 96. He, he did very well in Spain as well, and he did very well for Liverpool. So yeah, he was a he was a talent that you know didn't really get wasn't utilised as much as he probably could have been. Well, see what are you saying there. What about skulls? No, oh, well, skulls. Yeah, that's that's the biggest travesty, isn't it? The past 10, 15 years for England. I think no, he's one of the most. What about take him? How he's oh playing? no, How yeah, I would definitely take him. He has got. The, the most I, I would say in English football, he has the most amount of time on the mm. ball because he can read a game, and we haven't got. I don't He's think. Not English, is it? <laughs> Listen, I, I tell you, guys. I mean, we we we, we still haven't previewed the England France game. We've just hit the hour mark, so you're fitting in nicely to the way we do things <laughs> on Homestay Radio. Um, but I am going to move you on. These are debates, fortunately, that we can continue to have until England get knocked out of the group stages. Um, but. <laughs> What what we need to kind of um, focus on is that is that obviously there's a game coming up. We've got <laughs> we've got France tomorrow. Um, yeah. In terms of a lineup, we've sort of talked around the various different decisions that need to be made. Uh, no one asked me my opinion on Jermaine Defoe, which, considering his personal uh, tragic circumstances, is probably a good idea. I'll save that for when that's a, a little bit older. On Jermaine Defoe? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, I don't know why the hell he's in the England squad. I totally um, agree. Totally agree. What has he done? He's a reserve Tottenham player. I've just I'm absolutely furious about it. I just don't understand if that's the state of our strikers. I mean, fucking hell, I don't know. I swore there, but I just, you know, I'm just, I've had enough. But um, I'm going to move us on. So we, we don't really need to talk too much about the lineup. But Alex, I'm going to ask you a question. Who yeah. for, for you? Who is? France's main man, who's the guy who makes him tick? Well, uh, who makes him tick? It's obviously Frank Ribéry, who's had a really good season for Bayern, and and I think he did well in the Champions League final. Um, he's the guy that's going to be feeding, uh, you know, their their star striker in in Karim Benzema, who's scored loads of goals for Real Madrid this season, and and he's going to be one, you know, getting them tick, getting them to tick. And I think with uh, they're going to be playing five in midfield. Um, with um, the one holding midfielder in Alou Duara, who um, he played in the holding role for uh, for France in the World Cup final of 2006, and he did a very good job there. Um, and then they're going to be playing Malouda um, with... Uh, I'm, my mind's gone blank here. Uh, but then, yeah, so I think... I can't even think... Nasri. Uh, Nasri, of course, yeah, Nasri. Nasri as well in there. Um, who's on the left-hand side? Sorry, my mind's gone blank. So That's all right. You've got the other option yeah. as well, is Hayton Ben Arfa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. He had a very good... Do you not agree? I think he's had a, some good games uh, that the Newcastle were actually... He was one of the best players on the pitch. Agreed, yeah. definitely. Yeah, he's an incredibly talented player. And, very and direct, something. Yeah. Absolutely, Joe. Um, Joe, you'll, uh, you'll hopefully remember this guy as well. Um, we had him on loan a while back, and he happens to be in the French squad. It's a Palace connection. Cedric Carasso. <laughs> we had him on loan from, I think it was Marseille at the time. Giant fat goalkeeper. Do you remember him? Uh, I don't. Is this a tenuous link? The Palace this is our tenuous, tenuous link. Palace link to France. <laughs> no, he, was, um, he joined us as a highly rated French goalkeeper, um, and he turned up, and he looked like a highly rated French builder. And it was quite, um, I'm not quite any, sure what was going on. Apart from Baltes, has there ever been a highly rated French keeper? <laughs> That's a good point. Well, there you go. um, well their, their captain is, of course, Loris. He's a good goalkeeper. Uh, well, now, yeah, but now. I saw. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Fruit but, I mean, years. that's our, our tenuous connection. But, um, yeah, I mean, say, ben, Benzema's probably, the, like, the, you know, the main man up front that everyone kind of thinks of being, you know, Real Madrid. But then his international record's not particularly, you know, impressive, um, although he's had a good season. But, listen... Um, 
let, let's, let's there's a few little facts I'm going to read about. Then I'm going to get your predictions, and then we'll uh, then we'll say our goodbyes. I think um, before we we pick this up again in our next podcast, which I'm going to have to try and work out when it is. If if uh, yeah, if I can do that in the next few seconds. Um, listen, against France, England, the, England's overall record is actually quite a positive one, which surprised me. Uh, there's been 28 games in total, which England have won 16. Uh, there's only been four draws. And we've only ever lost eight times, scoring 57 goals and conceding 33. That is a win percentage, chaps, of 64.29%, as uh, I know you wanted to hear. Um, Mm. The bad news that's coming now is that England have lost four of the last five games against France. Um, So I was telling you guys earlier, the last time we avoided defeat against France was in September 2000 under Kevin Keegan with Michael Owen scored uh, in the... um, in a 1-1 draw. And the last time we beat France was June 1997, so that's 15 years and three days, I think it was. It was 7th of June, I think. And uh, Alan Shearer scored in a 1-0 win when we were being managed by Glenn Hoddle. Was that in the Toulon? Was that in the Toulon tournament? It might the well tournament. have been the Toulon tournament. Was I there think, a Toulon that, in 97? Was that with Carlos's free kick in that same tournament? Oh, I think that was I the one that. trophy that England have actually won since 1966, the yeah. Toulon tournament. <laughs> Oh, you reminded me of that ludicrous freak. Le Tournoi. The Le Tournoi, that's it. Yeah, Le Tournoi, yes. Yes, well remembered. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, anyway. Um, In terms of form, England's last five games have been four wins and a defeat. Defeat, obviously, you'll remember, was a 3 2 defeat to the Netherlands. Um, Under Hodgson, we've won both games 1 0. Um, let's face it, they've not been particularly interesting, but but we're in we're in reasonable form, and we've got you know reason to be relatively optimistic. France have been uh, been on a very good run for quite a long period of time in their international results. Uh, in the last five, uh, they only drew nil nil with Belgium, who we obviously we beat, but they did defeat Germany two uh, one. Haven't they been on twenty two games unbeaten run? Is that is, it, is that right? I, I did. I was looking back, and I just could not find the last time they actually. Uh, they actually lost. So it could be something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's encouraging, isn't it? You know, you can't yep. find when they lost. <laughs> oh yeah. no. Um, yeah, I've just sort of uh, noticed um, Gerald's comments in the in the chat there. What was that about Terry and Ribery? Do you want to run us through that? No, I just I just think Ribery. He it goes down quicker than a two dollar lady boy. I just <laughs> he really I, I, honestly he True. just against Chelsea he was embarrassing. If he I, he will be. He, if if any of our players get sent off, mm. he will be the cause of it. I'm telling you now, he is just. I hate him. He's just a. I didn't see what you know, he did. Isn't isn't he one of those players who has got so much ability that he doesn't need to cheat, but he just does it anyway? You know what well, I mean? It's like a little he bit just, like Maradona. We used to be. It's just, no well, need to cheat at like all. Like yeah, Dogba. there you go. Exactly. Every time stays on his feet. He, uh, well, he is lighter he though. Isn't he? Every time that he fell on the floor, he uh, he played crap. How long has he been in England, Drogba? 2004. Oh, well. What are we after? The 10-year thing, aren't we? Anyway, he's not playing in the Euros, lads. So, Alex, uh, what's your prediction for the game? Well, I think, you know, there's a few question marks at the back for France. And I think if Welbeck starts, I think he can get behind them. And I think um, I still, I think England are going to score, but I think France are going to win 2-1. Fantastic. Joe, what's your thoughts? Uh, I'll want a call. I'm going to go, we're going to win 2 1. And the greatest thing about us for the very, very first time is we've got pace all over. And that'll scare the life out of everyone. Yeah, particularly Ooh. if Stuart Downing plays, eh? Oh. Um, Steve, what do you think? 
And anyone, anyone that's ever heard me before on the Homestyle Radio, where I've usually been recorded uh, drunk before a game, usually an away game or, or a home game, but possibly, uh, for Palace, I've always said the same thing. So we're going to win 4-1. Hey, that's the stuff. Four one. Um, for what Where it's worth, the goal is going to come from. <laughs> for what it's worth, if, you know what? If I if I can say it every single time, eventually it's going to come true. Okay. Yeah. Have <laughs> that pound on it. Have that pound on it. You'll get eighty to one every time. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna buck the trend and I'm gonna go for a two 0 defeat. So there we go. Oh, um, boo you. Yeah, exactly. That's it. But a bit of conflict was good. Anyway, chaps, I've thoroughly enjoyed your efforts today. I'm sure the listeners will as well. Uh, we'll try and get this out to them fairly shortly. Um, I'll start. Just obviously, thank you to everyone who downloads this later on as well. Um, cheers for your efforts today. And do you want to try the synchronized goodbye that I talked about? It's going to be difficult, isn't it? I mean, what I just want to do is I want to say, what I'm going to say. Um, actually, I need to find out when we're going to do the next show. When do you reckon that is? It's the 24th. The 24th. Mikey, Mikey broke in before on the chat to let us know it's the 24th, I think. That seems a long time. Yeah, well, there's plenty of time to watch some football, and then that way it'll give us a End lot more. The group stages. <laughs> I thought I thought we were going to do one before every game. Anyway, the the, the really? absolute latest, the absolute latest it will be is going to be the 24th. It may be sooner. Just keep an eye on the boards. So I'm going to say, um, obviously, we'll speak to you again then, and hopefully everyone's now going to say goodbye when I say goodbye. Just after I finish saying this, goodbye, goodbye. Bye. Damn it. it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans.